tired. So tired. Overtired. Hey everybody, you're listening to Overtired. It's that show that comes out ostensibly once a week, sometimes every other week. But I'm Brett Serbstra. I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Christina Warren. Christina, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I slept so long. Well, um, shit. Should we rename the show? Yeah, my, but this week my might have be called like overly awake. <laughs> Overwake. Overawake. Overwake. Overwake. Uh, undertired. Undertired. That's it. Yeah, no. So, but the reason I slept so long is because I'd been so tired. So I had been up at like, I think I got up at like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. on Thursday and I had a day full of meetings and work. And so I maybe took a 90 minute nap. Maybe actually, I don't even know if I did or not. If I did, it was like, it was like maybe, maybe 90 minutes, but it was probably under an hour if I took any sleep at all. And I don't even know. And then I was awake and I had, um, a flight at six 30 in the morning. So the flight left at six 30. So I had to get to the airport. Like I, like I, um, called for the car at like four 45. So I got to the airport at like 5 AM and, um, and then I was on the flight and I slept for maybe an hour and a half on the flight, uh, which was nice, but, but, yeah, but you know, plain sleep is never real sleep. Not uh, for me. It's not, I mean, I was in a lay flat seat, so it definitely is better. Uh, I've definitely had real sleep on like, uh, and that, that Qatar, uh, QC, sure. I definitely had real sleep, sure. real sleep. But, but yeah, but even in this case, because, you know, I didn't have like a pillow, I brought a blanket, but you know, it's not, it's not the same thing. And then I got home, my parents, I still wasn't that tired to be honest, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to take a little nap. And I woke up and it was like 8 PM and my body was like, well, it's only five. And I was like, I'm still tired. So I, uh, then went to sleep again and then I woke up at like seven o'clock in the morning. So, um, I think because I'd been awake for I don't know, like 36 hours that, uh, the, the sleep just hit me hard. Did, did you ever, did you see the movie Christopher Robin? Yes. My favorite moment is when you, you, McGregor wakes up in the woods and he goes, Oh no, it's tomorrow. And Pooh's response is that's funny. It's usually today. <laughs> I love it. So cute. I love Pooh Bear so, so much. I love Pooh Bear so much. Actually, it's so funny you say that because that is Grant's favorite thing. And um, we have like a, a, a Pooh collection. I have a, I have this weird ability. I love peanut butter and honey sandwiches. And people will find honey on my body, especially in my hair. <laughs> like randomly for like a day after I ate a peanut butter and honey sandwich. And I've always... I've always related to poo in that just honey everywhere sense. I love it. That's so cute. I I don't think of myself as a messy eater, but I get food in weird places. I don't even I can't even explain some of it. Like some of it, yeah, like sure you get some on your ha- your hand, you, maybe you scratch your head, you get some food in your hair. But like on your lower back, how did you get food on your lower back? How is that yeah, even? How, 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 how did that happen? In what yeah. universe is that possible? <sighs> I have so many questions in life. So uh, did you uh, did you delete your Spotify account? No, I did not delete my Spotify account. Did you delete yours? I did not. Like so, I okay. I I'm not a big fan of Joe Rogan, but I'm also like 
the answer to Joe Rogan on Spotify to me is not to pull your music catalog. It's to engage. Like he right. is he like his apology was it, it was what you would expect from Joe Rogan. It it's it is what it is. Um the fact is he is making in most cases a good faith effort to have a conversation. Yes. In a way that like you won't find on say Fox News, which no. I would absolutely pull my <laughs> my catalog yes. from. Right. No, I mean, I agree. Like honestly, I have to say like his apology it it was better. I have to think. I actually think it was better than I expected. I think his whole response has been better than Spotify's response. I think he honestly believed his apology. Oh, no, I do too, but I also feel like I was heartened. Um, I know that this, you know, people are going to go, you're a Joe Rogan apologist. No, I'm not. But given the amount of criticism he's faced, most people in his position, even if these are people you agreed with, would respond by doubling or tripling down on their position. Yeah. Like they would respond like Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Where they would just go all in. And that would actually be worse for society because he has 11 million listeners. Sure. And he has a big thing. He didn't. His response was to say, Yes, some of it I do think is disingenuous. You know, I'm just talking to people. I'm just, you know, a meathead. I'm like, eh, no, but you're talking to people who you know have a certain take and that sure. are controversial. Yeah. So I, I don't buy all that. But he also said, I acknowledge that I have a way bigger platform and a responsibility, which yeah. most people in his position don't say. And he at least admitted I could have more people who disagree with the, these types of folks yeah. on. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, it, you know, at, at face value. Yay. Good. Good for you, Joe Rogan. That said, like, I will never like Joe Rogan. Yeah, I'm mean, I I a huge. I will yeah. probably never agree with Joe Rogan. Right. And and I have a I, I have respect for Neil Young and and Joni Mitchell and whoever else is pulling their catalog. That's you're taking totally. a principled stand. I'm not against you on that. Right. I just feel like there's a lot of room on the platform to engage and maybe maybe most people don't have the audience built in that joe rogan does but there is room for a conversation that said i considered momentarily de deleting my spotify account but mostly as we've talked about before i haven't been into music lately and i realized that it was like no sweat for me to delete my spotify account right. like it wasn't it me making matter. a statement it was just me saving 10 bucks on something i'm not using right now right well i mean and for me if i'm being honest like i do feel like it is a superior service on the desktop i've said that repeatedly yes i agree uh and i his stances to me are not so egregious to me that i'm willing to have a worse experience if they gave a show, if they gave a show to Tucker Carlson, yes, I agree. I I, well, actually, I would leave. I don't know if I would leave. Um, it would it would depend. I mean, I think Tucker Carlson is abhorrent. Um, I don't know. I have a weird thing. Like I again, I respect anybody who wants to leave, who wants to pull their music, sure. who wants to pull their money. You have the right to do that. I'm in a weird spot where I almost feel like because I and I've said this before, but it's like there there is truth to the matter that like there is no such thing as like. Uh, what is what is the term like there is no such thing as something in capitalism like you know um, you can make decisions to support or not support whatever business you want but there are always going to be those lines with companies there are some things that maybe would go too far I Tucker Carlson potentially could be that line for me 
Um, it, w- it would really have to depend on how much they like if they were promoting Tucker Carlson the way they uh, promote um, Joe Rogan and if he was an exclusive yeah. presence. Yeah, I, I would I would much more be likely to consider it 100 um, percent. But but also, I, I think for me, like I, I'm going to come I'm going to be honest, I'm going to come at this from a very selfish standpoint, which is my ten dollars a month means nothing to them. Um, uh, your ten dollars a month means nothing to them. Uh, the fact that their market cap, you know, briefly went down because the, the stock market reacted to the crisis uh, only means something if their results and if, you know, right. like yeah. you, you would need an order of magnitude of people to actually make a difference. So in this case, I, I, I'm very selfish in the fact that I'm like, do I want a shittier experience? <laughs> because I'm trying to make a principled stance on an area where I would just want to be completely candid. None of these companies are principled. None of them. Like if that's the thing, like I actually, I really liked, um, um, Ashley Carmen wrote a, a thing for the verge about kind of the content problems around these things. And there is a, something to be said for the fact that, you know, um, I do feel like Spotify is being disingenuous. They're like, Oh, we're not a publisher. We're a platform, which in this case is bullshit because they are absolutely his publisher. They've given him a hundred million dollars for the exclusive and, and that's fine. They need to just embrace that. And I don't actually think anything that he said, a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I don't actually think anything that he said rises to the point where he should be censored and that, that it shouldn't be allowed no, on absolutely, you know, airwaves. Absolutely. Like, um, censorship like is I, a real, a real fine line there. It, it really is. And, and, and if, if you think like there's, there's, the, there's this certain irony in a lot of, in my opinion, there's a certain irony in a lot of people fairly decrying the fact that Mouse was taken out of libraries right. in Tennessee and at the same time literally calling for Joe Rogan to have no <laughs> Sure. Like, like I'm sorry, but there there's like those two things are not that far apart. Well and, and you in know, they're both not. cases, in both cases the controversy was good for sales. Uh yes, but but I mean I but I think it is much more dangerous to not have mouse in libraries. You know what I mean? And and to me, it is equally dangerous to have the rhetoric and this isn't what neil young or Joni mitchell were asking for to be clear but they can pull their their catalogs for whatever reason they want but there have been people who literally are calling for him not to exist and he's not alex jones i think comparing him to alex jones is wrong um and and even alex jones uh he didn't have he still has the ability to distri- to distribute his podcast wherever he wants he just can't do it on, you know, like like Apple Podcasts or whatever. But he still has an RSS feed. You know what I mean? Sure. Like like there are lines to these things. I'm just not all about like getting on the bandwagon because it makes you feel good when like your ten dollars doesn't matter. So for me, it kind of does come down to like it's kind of how I feel about Chick Fil A. It's like nothing. Me taking my business away from this, you know, company isn't going to change their policies at all. But I am depriving myself of chicken that I like. So am I going to deprive myself of like a shittier? You know what I mean? Like, and, and there are always lines. Um, Tucker Carlson might be a line. It might not be. I don't know for me. I, I, I don't want to speak about hypotheticals. I respect anybody who wants to do it. But, but I guess my broader point, though, though, was like Amazon would have killed to have a Joe Rogan exclusive. I actually think Apple would have killed to have a Joe Rogan exclusive. Any of those companies would have would have bought him. Um, Spotify is the one who happened to do it. So it feels disingenuous to me when Amazon and Tidal and um, Apple try to like, look, obviously you're going to promote what you want to promote. Hey, our, our, our catalogs have Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. Cause you know, that's yeah. really what the kids care about. <laughs> like, you know, like, like promote that all you want, but, but, but let's not be mistaken that if they had the opportunity to have the number one podcaster exclusively on their service, that they wouldn't take it. Like, let's not, let's not like 
disabuse ourselves of that notion. You know what I mean? Like, so I do make a distinction with companies that ded- that donate a significant portion of uh, uh, that that donate a significant amount to to Trump. And yeah. so, like here in here in Minnesota, we have we have two, we have Quick Trip gas stations. And we have Fleet Farm and Farm and Fleet in Wisconsin. It's Farm and Fleet, uh, but they're basically like uh, Walmart for hunters. But if mm-hmm. you need, if you need like uh, a faucet or a, a hand tool of some kind, you go to Fleet Farm. And uh, Fleet Farm and Quick Trip both were huge donors to the Trump campaign, and in fact. Ivanka even made a stop at the Fleet Farm in my town for a photo op, like a working class photo op shopping at Fleet Farm, and they welcomed her. And I have not shopped at Fleet Farm since then. Fortunately, in both cases, we have a Menards and we have like five right, other types of gas stations here. Right, and which, which it, to be honest, that makes easy. it easier. That yeah. makes it easier, right? Like, look, like I said, individuals you can make whatever decision you want uh, i don't care like and and you can like for whatever reason you want like that is more than fair i think it becomes difficult in some cases like I, I think what i have a problem with is when people make those decisions and then they judge others for not making that same decision and try to pressure them socially into doing it like you can do whatever you want to do but not everyone's situations are the same as yours like i personally do what I can to do to avoid Walmart. And I have for years because I don't agree with their labor practices. I've never shopped at a Walmart. Um, uh, I have in the past, but but haven't always. Here's the thing, though. In certain parts of the country, which for many of the most vocal Walmart people are not where they live, Walmart is the only place where they can go to shop. Sure. So I, I'm not going to hold this stance that says, oh, no, if, if, you, if you dare to shop at Walmart, how dare you? You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, like, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. Like I, I have partaken in, in signing things to say, no, don't bring Walmart to this very bustling metropolitan area that doesn't need it. Right. Which to me is actually very different than saying, go into an area which maybe could benefit, even if you don't like Walmart that could benefit from having more jobs or more, more whatever. Right. Like I, I, I supported the opposition to, you know, Amazon's expanse into uh, the way that it was going to happen in New York City, because both the the then mayor and then governor were were giving them just ridiculous deals that they didn't need to give yeah. them to, like they were sucking up in a way that didn't need to. And also, it was one of those things like New York doesn't need it. But if there was a smaller community that really could have benefited from those jobs and whatnot, if that community wants to make that decision, who am I to stand in the way, right? Um, but like, and I was I was against Walmart expanding into Brooklyn, which it hasn't done. But again, Brooklyn doesn't need Walmart, right? Like. But there are parts of the country where I have to just be honest, where I say, no, this not only might it be the best place, but it's significantly less expensive. Now, you can say all the reasons why Walmart has been bad for society, and I don't disagree with any of that, but we're in society as it exists now, right? So I'm not going to like, personally, I guess where I draw the line is you can you can do whatever you want to do, but I don't like the shaming I see and almost like the whole thing, like, oh, if you're not deleting Spotify, you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Like, like, go fuck yourself. Like, honestly, you can delete it. And I'm happy for you. But me deleting it or not deleting it is not going to have any material impact sure. on anything. It's to Except make yourself feel better. It's to make yourself feel better. And for me, like I said, 
this is where I stand. For me, I don't want to uh, to have a shittier desktop experience for that performative feeling. Like it's not worth the trade off for me. If it's worth it for someone else, I support you and your right to do it. For me, I would much rather have a better desktop experience, but that's it. You know who I'm really excited to say had a take, a good take on the Spotify thing? Who's that? John Stewart. Oh, fact, really? I have that's I where I, the the term I used, like the engage, that came from John Stewart. Uh, he has a a podcast based on the problem with John Stewart, mm-hmm. which I finally like. I started it, and it was just too much gloom and doom for L to get into. She she is very emotionally sensitive, and when things seem like they're just too bad to deal with, she shuts down um i on the other hand tend to rebel and they like everything is shit uh right here's here's how bad things really are um so i started watching it on my own but it took me like a couple months to like get back to just like watching it when i had free time um at like non-l watching tv time Right. Uh, but I got back into it and man, John Stewart really is back. Like everything that was great about the latter half of John Stewart's career when he became like a really good interviewer, when he became mm-hmm. like a really funny uh newsman, like it's all back. And his podcast is always done with like a couple of his young writers. His writers are all twenty somethings. Yeah. Which is kind of his thing. Like for for since he was thirty, he's been a, exactly. an older man telling younger people's jokes. Yeah. Um and and he brings his writers on and they have a back and forth and it is I'm I'm amazed. Like John Stewart is alive and well and that makes me very happy. That makes me really happy too. I'll have to check it out. I've watched the problem a couple of times and I just have to be honest, it just didn't find its way into my kind of like repertoire, but I'll get it back. Um It's a it's a dry show. Like it's funny, but it like it tackles it tackles one problem for a full hour. Right. And it can be it can be a little bit trying. Yeah. Uh, you have you have to care about the topic. Um the show itself is not what I'm loving, though. The podcast, the is. podcast, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I think that. Um, so I'm I'm a subscriber to the podcast based on your recommendation. I'm adding it to Overcast right now. Um, I think that, and 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 um, me, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this or not. I'll have to go go back and watch more of the the problem. But I think for me, if I'm completely candid, part of the reason I haven't been as drawn to it is because we have John Oliver, yeah, who yep. who is, um, I think. Honestly, and, and and I feel bad for Trevor Noah a little bit because oh, John Oliver is the the um the Daily Show successor. Yeah, that that 100%. we that we wanted. Hundred percent. Like he is like like John Oliver is so funny and and, and he obviously does he it in half Daily an Show. hour. He does it in half an hour and he's hilarious and he has enacted real change and like he to me is the best like I guess like progeny of the Colbert rapport yeah. and the daily show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, Samantha B gave it a good shot, but, but the one who's really succeeded and again has 20 something writers is John Oliver. Yeah. I, I love, I love John Oliver so much that when I saw the problem, I was like, Oh, I get what you're trying to do. I actually feel like, you know, one of the guys you mentored has done this a little <laughs> bit better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I I would say like if you if you told me, hey, your 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 watch list has the problem and it has last week tonight, you have episodes waiting. I'm gonna watch the last week tonight one first. It's it it is better. And man, Trevor Noah has improved from where he began, but he he is not the successor to to John Stewart. No, he's not. And um and he's had what like six years to do I know, it. I know, and it hasn't gotten much better. It hasn't. And I feel bad for him a little bit because you know, but he was he was not the guy. Um I really feel like I wonder what the ratings I, I would like to see the scope of ratings from the day John Stewart left to now to see yeah. if he has recovered any of that audience or not. Yeah, um, I don't. Well, and it's hard. The the difficult thing there is that cable viewership in general has dropped so much sure. that that unfortunately it would be a difficult thing to ascertain. Like you would have to have like a minimum. He's all over YouTube, though. As yeah, is John, all, 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 most John Oliver episodes are available in their entirety on YouTube. Yes, um, which which is very smart of HBO. It's what it's like the the thing that they do that because um, it lets it go viral, and I bet they've taken the correct calculus, which is to say, even if we lose some potential subscribers or whatnot, we also probably gain more just by the fact that that if people see enough of this, they might be, you know, inclined to want to check out our other programming and our other stuff, you know? Yeah. Like I, I weirdly, they don't offer any other programming in the vein no. of John Oliver. No, they don't well, real sports, um I, I don't know. It's not the same I don't thing, know obviously. What that is. Okay. It's amazing, and I actually wish the entire archive were available on HBO, but it's not. But Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel, I know. I'm. I, this is the weirdest thing for me to be, um, like, phrasing. <laughs> but it's an hour-long, like, news magazine that covers a couple of different sports stories each week. But they're really interesting. He's not funny like John Oliver is, but it goes into interesting, like, deep topics. And it's, uh, it's like 60 Minutes for Sports. But a lot of times, like, I learn about issues and about, um, like, things that I, I – and I don't, not a sports person. Um, I am a 30 for 30 person, but, um, I'm not a sports person, but I really love real sports. I think real sports is some of the best like news content out there. Um, so if you know, if you're HBO, HBO max person, even if you don't like sports, it's just, it's really good information. I don't know. Like 60 minutes for sports is, is honestly the best way to describe it. But, um, I, I like it. Cool. Um, I, I am an HBO Max person, thanks to an anonymous benefactor who actually pays for cable. But nice, um, nice. I uh, I actually recently started paying for it on its own because, um, you know, I cut, I, I quit cable. Yeah, congratulations. Um, thank you. And um, I'm still debating if I'm going to subscribe to YouTube TV or not. Right now, I'm I'm having an anonymous benefactor, Jeremiah. Um, to thank for my YouTube. <laughs> you just named your anonymous. I did. I, I, I totally did because I don't care. Uh, thank you, Jeremiah. I mean, I didn't say his last name, but but uh, but you know, um, it's Morgan. It's, Everyone knows you're talking about Jeremiah Morgan. That's exactly it. Address two three two five West Fifth. Uh huh. Um, Main Street, Maine. Uh, yeah, zero 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 one zero. Um. But, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, so I recently, so I, I like they, they gave me a couple of weeks or whatever. And then they were like, you need to pay. And I was like, I will happily do this. I have to say, this was actually very exciting to me because a couple of years ago, I know this would have been a bigger pain and, and it's the, 
you know, HBO Max is the worst app. They have the best content. They have the worst app. Um, if I talked about this already, cut me off. But I was expecting to have to go through this ridiculous process to pay for the service because I had so little expectations. Sure. Because how it, how I'd had it before was that I was a Comcast subscriber. And so I got it for free as part of my Comcast. And But I had a separate HBO user account. And I had figured, I was like, well, because of this, they are going to make me cancel my existing HBO Max account. I'm going to have to sign up for a whole new one so I can pay for it. Like, this is truly what I expected to happen. Sure. That didn't happen. In fact, I was able to pay for it inside the HBO Max app. Nice. And And what was great about that is that all of the benefactors that I support with HBO Max didn't have to log into new accounts. So, nice. so my parents, I didn't have to remotely. I mean, sure, you've met the bare minimum of like usability. I but agree. Nice, congratulations. Well, like you said, it's the bare minimum of of of, of uh, usability. But this is an HBO product we're talking about. So yeah. I was genuinely expecting nothing but horror, and it and it turned out to be a, a good experience. And and I wasn't even. Um, this is actually where I think the in-app purchase thing is sort of annoying. I would have been happy to subscribe to HBO uh, like through the web, but because I got the notification in the app, I subscribed with Apple and I was like, well, that's better because I can just unsubscribe. Yeah, way easier to. to unsubscribe. It definitely is easier to unsubscribe, but I would have been happy to subscribe on the web. Like I wouldn't have had an issue with that. And this is one of those cases where I was like, man, I bet HBO really wishes they could have had a link, you know, to manage your account. Because if they'd had a link, I would have followed that link and then signed up on the web. And I wouldn't have cared. Like, you know, sure. it, it's easier to unsubscribe, but I honestly don't care. You know what I mean? Like, who gets the 30% of my money or not? Like, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but anyway, that that happened. Um, but speaking of good uh, user experiences, I think this is time for a, a good segue for you. Actually, I was going to make it a segue for you. Okay. So yeah, that's actually the, even better. The first segue I was going to do was like, speaking of horror, I signed up for Shutter with in-app payments and it went great. But then I got a couple things I want to nerd out about. Yes. But speaking of nerding out, I thought maybe you could do the text expander spot. I love it. Okay. Yes. So so let's nerd out about text expander, which is one of our favorite apps. Uh, thank you, text expander, for supporting us uh, in our fast-paced world things change constantly, which is true. Uh, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. And so Text Expander lets you make new and approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a couple of keystrokes, ensuring that your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. So you can get your message right every single time. You can expand the content that corrects your spelling, keeps your language consistent with just a couple of keystrokes. And your team members will constantly know the right message and the right person at the right time without relying on memory or copy and paste. And you can do so many other things with, with Text Expander. Like I have it set, as I know Brett does, to invoke a number of different scripts as well as just, you know, uh, uh, text completion things, you know, of, of the same kind of boilerplate text that I use over and over again. Um, and and I use it uh, across devices. I use it on Mac. I use it on Windows. I use it on iOS. It's truly, truly awesome to the point where if I'm on a machine and this has happened to me a number of times where I just type in a couple of key commands and I expect the completion to happen and it doesn't. And it takes me like three or four seconds to realize, 
oh, right, I don't have text expander here. And, you know, um, then curse the world and, and figure out how I'm going to get around that. But it's genuinely one of my most used applications. And um, overtired listeners get 20% off their first year for text expander. So just visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander and save 20% off your first year. Thanks, Christina. Great read. No problem. Speaking of keystrokes. Yes. So I use the Ultimate Hacking Keyboard, and I love it. And I want to order a second one, but they're they're backlogged on production. And I know, like, I get their newsletter every month, and I know that if I order a V2 right now, I probably won't get it for a year Right. So I'm just, I'm holding off because I want to get one with a non-black case. I want a white case, um, and they're only producing black ones right now. But anyway, they finally sent out the official versions of the thumb modules. So it's it's yes. a split keyboard, and then in each half you can add modules where your thumbs go. Um, and on the right side you can use different pointer modules, trackpads, and 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 uh trackballs etc and on the left side you can have an extra three keys plus a little trackball with two buttons and i had received both of these i had received every single module as a beta tester and and had like offered my feedback and none of the pointers were perfect for me. Uh, like none of them were enough to replace my habit of just moving over to my trackpad. Um, that said, when they shipped my trackpad module, they shipped it with three different balls. Uh, it came with the the plastic one that I had tested with, but it also came with two steel balls. And I gotta say, the heavier steel balls actually make a thumb based trackball usable i i'm impressed and then the key cluster they sent me it actually shipped with these like un- okay so imagine so you split a keyboard in half and it it you got the v and the b on the the lower row right to the when you plug in the the key cluster it gives you one more key after b plus two keys at your thumb to the right of the space bar. And I had never found the perfect key caps to put on those keys to make them feel right. They shipped with two convex keys for the thumbs and uh, probably an R1 uh, key that, that fits next to the B. And now it feels perfect. Now I have three extra keys on my keyboard that I love. That's so great. Yeah. This, I'm very excited for you. This is awesome. I have them set up like, so y- y- there's, a, there's a mod key and you can assign multiple functions to each key based on holding down the mod key or the function key. But I have them set up uh, by default to be a backwards delete, a forward delete, and a carriage return. And having those right at your thumb super it's once you get used to it super handy i love it i love it um that's very exciting so i do i see on here on our list we want to talk about tv but before we get into that i actually because this affects both of us so i wanted to talk about the 
the grandfathered uh, Google Apps. Yeah. Uh, Has this sucks. okay? So so Google announced uh, apparently. I've only read this through third party sources, but no, Google they announced, sent out an email too. I finally got an email a couple of days ago. I did not get the email. I I, I read on multiple sources that they were killing grant the free. Yes. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know, Google Apps offers custom domains. So for me, brettterpshire.com, if you send an email to anything at brettterpshire.com, it, it go, it's actually Gmail. Right. Well, it was a Google account, right? Like yeah. Now, now it'd be a Google workspace. But back in the day, and we're talking like more than 15 years ago, it would be like a, a Google account that had a custom domain, but it has like the web login, but it's all managed on your own domain name. So you have your own instance of, of Google Docs and, and yeah. um, you know, at uh, Google Meet and all that stuff. And it used to be free. Yeah. And for those of us who those of us who got in while it was free, it continued to be free even after they continued charge or started charging for it because they grandfathered in all of those old free yeah. accounts. And they have recently announced that they're ending that program. So mm -hmm. Like, I believe for me, it would come out to like nine bucks a month to just keep using the minimal parts of it that I am using. But when I go into my account, there's an option to upgrade that says you will lose your grandfather's status if you upgrade. But there's no notification that I have to do it. Yes. And they have since sent out an email. I would check because I got an email last week that finally told me that it will be going away. Um, ironically, I found out, I think on Hacker News and then I let people know. And so a lot of people learned from my Twitter before they heard from Google, which is really crappy. Um, th they are going to start this process, I think in April and then it will, um, they will start charging people as of July 1st. So you will have two options. You will either lose the whole thing or you can start paying as of July 1st. Uh, I did find, okay. I had to search for it. It was in yep. one of my sane mailboxes. Yep. Yeah, it did. It did. It did come last week. Um, so I for one of my accounts, because I see here's my issue. I have it on three different um, domains, actually four. But one of the domains is actually like alias. So for, for one of the domains and one of the other ones, like it's alias the same thing. But I have different mailboxes set up for some of them. But if you sent, you know, like X at, you know, Y domain or the same X at, you know, Z domain, it would go to the same inbox. Um, but I have it on, on three different domains. And so there are three different accounts and then I have multiple user accounts on some of those. So for me, when I've done the math to keep everything as it is, it would be like 50 bucks a month. I'm not willing Ouch. to do that. Yeah, I'm not willing no. to do it. Um, you could get a good, a good proton fast mail account for that. Yeah. I mean, even those, I, I feel like I can consolidate some of them. And so I'm looking at ways to do that. I've, I don't know about you. I've, been suspecting this date was going to come for years. Like I've been mentally preparing myself for years. And and also to give Google some credit, it has been 10 years since they got rid of the the free Google Apps for your domain thing. Yeah. 10 years. So, you know, there are some people who are really upset and and I, I can't be. Like I, I, I'm annoyed, but I, I can't be that mad because I've had this 10 years of them not offering it. And, and over time they've, they've eliminated certain things. Like I think about six, I think about a year ago, they got rid of alias domain. So you could no longer add a secondary domain alias to the free accounts. And, and they've done some stuff over time, but like, it hasn't really bothered me. Um, now though, it's going away. What has been annoying is that you don't have a lot of migration options. Like 
there's a way if you get rid of the account, I think you can still log in like as a as an SSO, like a you know a Google sign on into other things. But obviously, any of your Google Docs that that you know were assigned to that or anything else are gone. Um, and then I didn't have this issue because I never made any purchases on these accounts. I always made purchases with my Gmail account. Um, but I, um, uh, but apparently like there's, there's a difficult like way, you know, it look, okay, well, what happens by, if I purchased, you know, content through this, you know, like for Android apps or whatnot, will I be able to have that? And they haven't, um, come up with a migration fan for that yet. But, um, Ron at, um, RS Technica did tweet something. There is going to be some sort of, um, update on this. He said basically that, um, Google has a survey out for the legacy G Suite users uh, facing the free account shutdown. If you have 10 or fewer people on your custom domain account, Google is hinting um, at there maybe being more options available in the coming months. This is not promising anything, but it seems like Google is hinting at more uh, uh, non-business users than it, uh, or it seems like Google is hitting more non-business users than it initially expected. I guess the company is gathering information right now. If you want proof the survey is legit, he has it linked. If you don't have a G Suite legacy account, the section says sign into an administrator account. People signed in, you know, we'll get this feedback form. Um, and then he says the latest is is here in the TLDR. I'm just going to link to his whole thread on our show notes. The TLDR is that Google promises to build some kind of migration system for a free account with content purchases intact. It should be out before July, which is when the shutdown's happening. So that's really good. What I'm hoping happens, and I doubt it will, because this is annoying. If you were to sign up for a free Gmail account, you could actually set up an alias. It wouldn't quite be the same thing, but you could set up an alias to a custom domain where you could like set up your, your, you know, your, your MX records and whatnot. And you could say like, you know, Christina's website at gmail.com is alias to, you know, Christina at Christina Warren.com. And anybody who emails that Christina at Christina Warren.com would think that, that that was, you know, managed, but it would really be a Gmail account, Sure. but I could, but I could have an alias and then I could have access to all the free Gmail things like the amount of storage and Google docs and all of that. Um, there's no way though to migrate that. And so for a lot of us who just have maybe one or maybe even two user accounts on these things, that would be a great option. They don't have a way to migrate. However, Somebody on Hacker News had mentioned that technically Google can do this because people who have Google for Education accounts, um, so like you're in college or high school or whatever, they have a way to migrate people from those accounts into a standard Gmail account. So technically, knock on wood, maybe that's what they're looking at doing because that would be great for me because there are, like I have, you know, on these accounts, I have people who've shared Google Docs with me and other stuff. And like I said, I can back that stuff up. It's not a huge deal. But for some of the stuff, you know, it's just going to be kind of annoying because it's like, well, people had shared this document with me on this account and now I'm not going to be able to access it. And I'm going to have to email them and be like, OK, you need to reshare it now under this thing. You know, yeah, there's just there there, there are edge cases. Um, and again, we were to be very clear, we were never given an option of paying. Like when we signed up for this, it was a free service. Right. They got rid of the free service, but they never offered us even like a, a, a way to migrate to the standard consumer accounts. Yeah. So. Um, I hope they offer some sort of migration thing on one of my accounts because I've already paid for storage on it. And because it's so widely used for so many different things, I am going to pony up the $6 a month and pay it. Um, I, I'm just going to do it. It's just easier. But for the other, um, two accounts that have, um, you know, I think three, three or four email addresses between them, I'm looking at solutions. I'm looking at alternatives. What are, what are you looking at right now? 
So, okay. First of all, I can't have a Gmail address. Like, right. I, I can't be blank at gmail.com. I agree. That would be embarrassing. I'm the same way. Um, I I want to get away from Gmail in general only same. because of privacy concerns. That said, Gmail is far and away the best web-based email system. Like, yep. no, nothing can touch Gmail. So, I, there's, I have a lot of conflict there. However... I have been using brettterpshire.com for so long, and I, I would never publish this in writing, but any anything at brettterpshire.com will get to me. You could send it to fuckstick von fuckalot 100%. at brettterpshire.com. I will get it. I'm the same with christina.is. And, yeah. and, and that has worked out well for me because Gmail's filtering lets me, let, lets me organize all of the various incoming emails and that combined with sanebox i've never had a spam problem in the last 10 years um i would consider porting everything because i own brettterpshire.com and that's kind of the whole point like i I own the domain i can be at brettterpshire.com for life but i i have i have to look further into you switching to something like fastmail and seeing because for me, Google Docs is not a problem for me. I have avoided Google Docs like the plague. Um, my email is the only thing of concern. And if I choose to pay for Google, it's just going to be to continue my custom Google, uh, Gmail address. Um, so, so I'm looking at Fastmail. I so like right now, I, I use I use Mailmate. And it is powerful in almost every area. But there are times, and this has been true of every email client I've ever used, especially Apple Mail, there are times when you hit the limit of the search. Yes. And loading up Gmail and punching in a search term always, every time, finds the email message I'm looking for. And like ten from 10 years ago. Like I can find the email I'm looking for in Gmail search and the search of my email account, like that's almost worth it to me to just keep using Gmail. Right. Um, I Yeah, I, I the search is really good. So what I'm looking at doing and I've got to like figure out how it would work. Um, I get uh, and I can actually hook you up on this, too. Unfortunately, I can't hook up all of our listeners up, but I can hook you up. I get like more than 50 percent off. Um, uh, Office 365 business account okay. thing that would that would include custom email. Oh man, so, work would love it if I'd actually start using Office. So the thing with that is, so it's like thirty dollars a year. So I'm gonna do that, I think, um, and um, and see how many if I can alias domains on it. And if I can't, even even if it was sixty bucks a year, like for you know the two domains that I need to move over, that would be okay. Yeah. Um, in that case. You could use any email client you wanted, but I do have to give them credit, um, especially the web interface, which they've worked really hard on. I, I really like Outlook at this point, so I would be okay going to Outlook. So okay. I think that's I think that's what I'm going to do for mine. I've looked at Fastmail. Like on your Mac, you're okay with using Outlook? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't use it for my personal stuff because I like to keep work and personal separate. Sure. But I've said this before. I've been saying this for years. I actually think in terms of a desktop experience, the the best Gmail client you can get for like iOS, I'm not even joking, 
best Gmail experience you can get for iPad. I even think on the web is out is outlook.com. Interesting. Okay. I actually think it's superior in, in those ways. So not everyone's, not everyone's going to agree with that, but I even think like if people don't like the Mac app, which I actually like the, the, um, the web client is really good. I, uh, so I use outlook, the actual outlook app on my iPhone, uh, because they do not allow me to like, I use spark for most email. And yeah, I, I, I like Spark a lot. Work does not allow me to add Spark as an email client for my Outlook 365 email address. Um, so I have to use Outlook to get work emails on my phone. But I dug into the help docs far enough to realize that it does expose like a standard SMTP server. If you go into the help docs for setting up with Thunderbird, you can find the necessary settings right. to yes. make any SMTP account. So I was able to set it up on my Mac to work with MailMate. I have never opened Outlook on my Mac. I will admit I have no grounds for comparison because I've never even installed Office on, on my main Mac. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I like... Um, I like office, uh, just fine. Um, I think that I think of it for collaboration. I still think Google docs is better. Although I think word has come a I, long way. I open but... Excel documents and numbers, make my alterations, export it as an Excel document and send it back to people. That's really, yeah, that's dangerous actually. <laughs> sometimes that stuff will break. I don't know. I feel like Excel is the best app on the planet. Fight me. But, uh, like I love Excel I, so much. I'm not a spreadsheet guy. I don't, I don't give a shit. I just don't want to, I, I just don't want to load office. That's all. No, I mean, fair, fair enough. I, um, I, I definitely, um, prefer, um, I definitely prefer pages to word though. It depends. There are some word features that I really like. I don't um, trust you. You work for Microsoft. This is true. I'm not I, taking your advice on this. Fair enough. Um, but <laughs> but I I uh, I definitely um, there are, are things that I definitely like better about um, um, Word. Although I do feel like 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 numbers is prettier and and that sort of thing. Look, I prefer Keynote. Although as I think oh you discussed God. this, like PowerPoint has come a long way. Uh, I prefer Keynote. PowerPoint, especially we talked about this before, like the. The AI suggested yeah. slide designs. Yeah. Really freaking good. Yeah. Uh, so I've also, heard. There's also something to be said about, and, and this is, you know, it, this is not going to impact everyone, but there is something to be said about knowing that your your documents are going to work with everyone else you send them to. How do you how do you like the idea of making uh, a, a slide presentation app that's convoluted enough that you need AI to make good design decisions? I mean, I agree. <laughs> You're not wrong about that in the slightest. I'm just saying, for me, even if that wasn't the case, sometimes I just don't have like the creativity, like mindset. I have like a Blake thing, and I'm like, I don't even know where to start. So, speaking of good design decisions, yes, great segue. Okay, so this I could have also segued to this from the nerd thing because we're talking about automation. Like when I walk into my office the lights turn on automatically and depending on what time of day it changes what hue and brightness the lights are set to and like that's that's key to me and i've often wondered what if i could do the same thing with the power of the sun which is not part of this read but it's a good lead in 
because who doesn't love to live well, to be perfectly at ease in comfort and style? Hunter Douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems so advanced they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. Perhaps it's the way shades diffuse harsh sunlight to cast a beautiful glow across the room, or being able to enjoy the outside, the view outside the window while protecting your privacy inside. Maybe it's the superior insulation the shades provide, keeping you warmer in winter, cooler in summer, and lowering utility bills. Or is it simply that Goldilocks moment when you walk into a room and everything about it just looks and feels right? When you tap into Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology, your shades can be set to automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. Which is like, that's kind of my dream. Just to have everything, like, autumn, without having to think about it, have my shades and, and, and my curtains set to perfectly allot the sunlight for me. So... Live beautifully with Hunter Douglas, enjoying greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day. Visit HunterDouglas.com slash Overtired today for your free Style Get Smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. That's HunterDouglas.com slash Overtired for your free design guide. Check it out. I, I'm begging them to send me free stuff, but honestly, when I first read this copy, I was taken enough with the idea that I'll probably I'll probably invest in this myself. And when I do, I will let our listeners know. Yeah, I love the idea of this too, I have to say, as somebody who has just like a ton of, of west facing windows. And um, this this could be like a game changer. Oh, so. I bet you have great afternoons. I miss I my house is up against a bluff. Like, do you know what a bluff is? I do know what a bluff is. Okay, so they're miniature mountains. Yep. Um, I I'm I'm up against a bluff, and so my sunlight is limited to half the day, and our house is not built right to handle that. Um. I, I I need more sunlight. When I when I think about moving, like literally the only requirement, I could live in a tiny home in the middle of a field. The only requirement is sunlight and internet. I should say requirements plural because I have to have sunlight and internet. And beyond that, I don't give a shit about where I live. I just need more sunlight and internet. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing is, is I do have a lot of afternoons can be great, but they could also be not great because in like the spring, especially around four o'clock in the afternoon, like the the sun will become so bright and so warm that like it's like you're blinded and and you can't see and it can also become really warm. So having the automatic blind things would be lovely because then you could have it, you know, bright like during the earlier part of the day. And then when it's at that, like literally the sun is going to blind. Not only that, but like the sun, the way that it comes in will literally be blinding you. Like, yeah. like I have to leave the room because, you know, un- unless like the, the blinds are completely drawn. And how are because, you going to watch TV in that environment? Well, how are you going to do a Zoom call in that environment? Like genuinely, <laughs> like a, it's a problem. I have a uh, we, we don't do video for these calls, but behind me 
there's I'm in a basement and you know those like one foot tall, three foot wide basement windows like up around the ceiling. I have a pillow stuffed in mine because for most of the afternoon, it creates this bright white halo right behind my head. And I can't do Zoom because you like I just become like a, a witness protection silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. So my solution thus far has been a pillow stuffed in the window. I could use some Hunter Douglas in my life. This has just been in one extended ad read. Honestly, it has, but I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so, so Brian, talk about TV. Our, yeah, Brian, our, go our on favorite Brian. guest, our favorite guest, Brian. Yes. Um, uh, was terribly offended that we would do so much TV last week without them. I know. I know. We need to have them back on to talk about it. I, I, we will. So we don't have to talk about all of this. I did want to talk about um, single drunk female, though. Yes. Let's. Let's okay. skip straight to strangled. <laughs> let's say single drunk female as if we're drunk. Strangle drunk. Slingle thunk female. Yeah. Thunk. A thunk female. Yes. Thunk female, yeah. Um, yes. Let's talk about this. Tell me, tell me what you got. I love this show. I really, really like it, but I wanted to get your take. So the idea is basically it's a half hour sitcom. Uh, It's on Freeform of all things, but I watch it on Hulu. Uh, Freeform is the network for Pretty Little Liars is how I know it. So it's kind of like a young adult female centered network, which doesn't match with what the tone of this show is, which is a comedy, but it also has like darker, more serious parts with it. Um, And and it's about. It's it's about a um like a, a woman who's in her late um twenties who basically has like a, a meltdown in a series of events where she loses her job and gets in trouble with the law uh, because of her alcoholism and winds up living back at home with her mom in Massachusetts and having to kind of restart her life over again. Um and she's going through AA and having to make amends with friends. Um and I wanted to talk to you about it from your perspective as someone who's you know been in recovery and and dealt with that because as an outsider, I mean, I, I've been in relationships with people who, you know, have, have um, had addictions, but as an outsider, like I've, I've been really impressed with how it's handled the subject matter, but I've also, you know, I really like the comedy and the acting. I'm a really big fan of the show. What, what are, what are your thoughts? I am a fan. I, I was a fan almost immediately because it is a very realistic representation of um, someone who you kind of, you know, you have a problem. You know, you know, you're not supposed to show up at work with a water bottle filled with vodka. Right. Like, you know, something's wrong, but you don't you don't have this concept yet that you are this phrase that you've heard your whole life, the alcoholic. And and that's not really you. You know, like you like alcohol, but it's not you're not an alcoholic. And right. and I feel like they represent that very realistically without with like they don't it it's almost like it was written for someone who's been through it. Like it is very realistic. And like her experience with first going to meetings with like court ordered meetings and and her first relapse, which happens in like the first episode, um, like it it's all yeah. It's realistic and like I my I went to rehab for heroin long before I ever realized I also had an alcohol problem. But the parallels are like if you 
truly understand addiction, you don't draw a, a line between right. alcoholism right. and and drug addiction. Okay. And and I feel like they do a really good job of just presenting addiction in general. Yeah. So the creator of the show has is 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 a is a former addict and and wrote it on her based in, in large part on her experiences. Uh, so I think that, um, clearly that, that comes through. Um, but, but I think it's funny. Um, it's, it's a comedy, but it also like has the darker elements. I think the acting is really, really good. It's, it's only, it's, it's a comedy insofar as life is both a comedy and a tragedy. Right. Uh, it's not, it's not a sitcom. It's not built around shitty jokes. Like what is funny about the show is literally just what is funny about life. Right. And it it doesn't feel like anyone's like making light of any situation. The comedy is only what is inherently funny about life in general. Yes, yes, agreed on that. Um and um but but like it also like the way that it's played, I guess is what I mean. And that that makes it more like the way that it's played, like you can laugh. You know, at the timing. Let's talk and, about the film credits of the lead actor. Yes. Uh, so she's from The Mick. Which is good. Like, honestly, I've never met anyone else who watched The Mick. I think it's just you and I. <laughs> it might I think that be. was the problem. I think that was the problem. <laughs> I loved The Mick, though. I did, too. She's uh, she's my favorite. So she was the oldest uh, kid, the the um, like the 17, 18-year-old um, niece on The Mick who had great chemistry with Caitlin Olsen. Uh, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like their two characters were at loggerheads all the time and were very entertaining together. I actually rewatched The Mick because of this show. And I was, again, I was like super mad that it was canceled. But again, I think you and I were the only two people who watched it. <laughs> um, that was like a, that was a very funny show. I'm actually surprised by as much stuff as they got on the air because it was on Fox. It wasn't on FX. Yeah. I was actually surprised by as much stuff as they got on the air on that show. The Mick was heartfelt, though. Like, it, it was, was a stupid comedy. But, man, I really connected with some of those plot I lines. I did, too. I did, too. So the Mick were people, because none of you watched it. It's on Hulu. <laughs> um, it was about this kind of, uh, you know, like, dirtbag uh, uh, girl, uh, Mickey, who goes by Mick. Uh, Caitlin Olsen, uh, who's sweetie and always sunny in Philadelphia, She's invited to her rich older sister's house for some sort of celebration. And uh, she's like from Rhode Island or something. She's like, like I said, total dirtbag, you know, drinks all day as a gambling problem. You know, she's one of those. And uh, the parents end up fleeing because they've apparently stolen a bunch of money and, and are wanted by the IRS or, or something. And she gets stuck in the mansion with the three kids and um, the maid. And, um, and she has like her 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 equally kind of dirtbag boyfriend, and and it's very funny. It's it's very it funny because the kids the kids are are rich. The youngest kid is very sweet, although kind of a pyromaniac and weird. The the the, the middle two kids are both kind of like like rich and spoiled, and like it's it's heartwarming, but it's also like they're terrible people. Yeah. So it's it's like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but they actually do have heart, right? Like it's they're they're not all the worst people in the world like that show. Um, but it does, and it's no surprise that the showrunners and creator and like writers of, of, uh, the Mick were from, um, always sunny. So it has more heart than that, but it does have kind of that same sort of like, 
you'll end an episode and you're like, yeah, no lessons were learned here, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. which is very funny. <laughs> which I is. quite enjoyed. It, it, it is. is very funny. Like, like there, there's comeuppance um, a lot of times. Like, it's not like they kind of get away with things, but they'll also be like, well, no lessons were learned here. And in some cases, it's just like, eh, well, that happened. Like, there's this ongoing storyline where they have like this this grandfather who's like in a wheelchair and and kind of uh, like it seems like almost basically in a vegetative state. And um, like they in the second season, they like wind up getting stuck with him. And <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the kind of show I can't watch with my girlfriend. I was going to say she'd be very bothered by their treatment yeah. of, of people and things in this. But it's very funny. Like there was a. a like I said, there are things they got away with. I was watching. I was like, this was on network television <laughs> in the late 20 in, in the late 2010s. Right. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where like a decade ago, maybe you had more leeway. But but this was, you know, like uh, four or five years ago. How did they get away with this? Well, to be fair, they didn't. Well, this is true. No one watched it. But but I'm just like, <laughs> how do they get it on the air? Like the standards people, because there's certain things, too. Like one of the things, and, and this is with um, um, Sophia Dahlia Black, who's the star of um, uh, Single Drunk Female, when she was in the mix, there was like a whole episode where like she and her very hot boyfriend are having sex all the time and she is refusing to use birth control. And so Mickey and Alba, who's like the, she started out as like originally was the housekeeper and then just, uh, you know, kind of like becomes part of the family, um, decides to basically trick her into thinking that she's pregnant and uh it, it backfires on them but it's very funny and like even that i was like okay you're showing a, a teenager having sex without protection without consequences right that's not allowed on tv or in movies like we don't show that like that goes like, against like, the grain for sure right if you have sex now you are like it, something bad happens if you're like uh, yes under a certain age like that's how it happens like i've made this argument many times Fast Times at Richmond High could never be made today. And right. the reason why it could never be made is because the abortion storyline is handled in a respectful way. And it's not the worst thing that ever happens to her. And they would never be able to make that movie today. You would never be able to have a character who has sex with her older boyfriend, gets pregnant. Um, or, or no, actually, the older boyfriend wasn't the one who impregnated her. She lost her virginity to the older guy. She had uh, she got pregnant by the, the, the doofus who came in like two seconds. Um, but they would never be able to show a girl who got pregnant, had an abortion, and it was not the worst thing that ever happened to her. They would never be able to do that now. The, okay, so it does happen. And and I can't think of the latest example off the top of my head, but it is something I definitely am aware of. When when abortion is presented as not the life-ruining decision, like it does happen. It okay. does, but, okay. but only in more progressive shows. Right, but I don't know if there'd be a mainstream movie. No, probably not. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know if you could make, like, a mainstream movie, maybe on Netflix, maybe. I don't know. I feel like maybe the Avengers touched on it. Just kidding. I'm joking. I was going to say. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But, you but, like, imagine? No, I can't. No, I'm just saying, like, like but, but it's weird, because it was, it, was, it was like a- Black a, Widow a, gets an abortion. I mean- <laughs> That'd be a fucking great, yeah. And then um, she dies, and, and that's the lesson. 
right. But like if you happen, but like if Black Widow got an abortion, there'd be a whole thing about how she regretted it. And, you know, like right. had. And how like, it affected like, her. It was her yeah. origin story. Was It abortion. would be her origin. Would be the abortion. <laughs> whereas, whereas in Fast Times is just this thing that happens to her. And then she actually decides she doesn't really want to have sex uh, or wants to take it slow with her virgin boyfriend, which is completely fair and probably something that you know would be more realistic as happening um but that was in 1982 and uh, in in 2022 uh i I, yeah i i don't think you could make a mainstream movie the same way with with like people not you know freaking out about it like it was just you know it was like and it wasn't even a discussion it's like i don't think she told her parents you know she had her brother take her and she was like yeah this is what i'm gonna do and like not a big deal now it would be like there's no way you could treat it as eh. Can we talk about the other side of the token? Yes, please. Have you seen Afterlife? No, I haven't. Oh Tell me about God. Afterlife. It's Ricky Gervais. I <gasps> uh, love him. I, I can't remember. This might have been season three uh, that just ended. Uh, two or three. I, I don't remember how long I've been watching it, but um, it is, it's a show of, he loses his wife and he's in grief and that is that is the premise of the show is this it's Ricky Gervais as a grieving man um dealing with loss and dealing with being an asshole because of the loss mm-hmm. or maybe just being an asshole because and he's like, an asshole. and having to come to terms with who he is how he feels and what it all means and I'm pretty sure this latest episode was the end of the series. The way yes, it ends. Yes. I, yeah, I looked at it. It's third and final season. Yeah. yeah. The way it ends is is very final and a little confusing. But holy shit, this series is hilarious and heartfelt and will absolutely make you feel things you weren't prepared to feel. Like, I cannot highly recommend this series enough. If you're a fan at all of Ricky Gervais, this is your chance to see him at his most human. Okay, I, I, um, and I can't believe that I've missed this because it's, you know, been on for years, and I love him. So I'm gonna watch this. It's only like six episodes or eight episodes each season. Yeah. So I'm gonna um binge this. I'm very excited about this. What was the show with Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph? Oh, uh, I ever love after show. or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That was amazing. That was really good. Yeah, that was a really, really good show. We should um, we should look that up. It'll be in the show notes when we figure out what the show was actually called. Yeah, that was. I'm trying to find it. Um, Ever after sounds like a different show. I feel like yeah. I got that wrong. It was a TV show. I'm finding it. Uh, it was on Amazon, and I think they canceled it, but I really liked it. It was really good, like the ski accident, right? Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it was about this this couple who you know they're they have kind of a, a boring kind of you know, uh, you know, suburbanite. Life together, so suburbanite life. And, and then they both die and then they wind up in, um, the afterlife together in kind of their same similar, you know, like world, but, uh, and, and kind of discover themselves in different ways. Um, yeah. it was very good. Let me it was really it. good. Um, splitting, no, not splitting up together. What's this? Um, Oh, it was called, uh, um, uh, find this. It was called forever. There we go. Yeah, forever. Forever. And it was it was only one season, unfortunately. Uh, but yes, yeah, on Amazon Prime. Uh, Maya totally Rudolph, worth Armisen, watching. Totally worth watching. Uh, is is this in any way kind of similar to that vibe-wise, or is it different? It's different. Okay. Uh, it, it takes less of a... 
like the the premise of forever was somewhat fantastical to begin with right and the premise of of life after or after life is very like hardcore reality got it like this is a person and and like almost every episode includes him watching videos he made and with his with his dead wife and like they clearly had a relationship that was just extremely loving and like they understood each other in a way that he may never find in another human being again and throughout this series he he does he attempts to connect with other humans both in like in romantic relationships and just interpersonal relationships but it's constantly contrasted against this idyllic relationship he had with his now gotcha. dead wife with his now dead wife okay i gotcha okay and, like well, for the first two seasons he's suicidal like you never know like if this guy's gonna make it through the episode the third season he like finds his footing and decides to live but he still faces the opposition of of this massive grief and loss in his life it it it's it's so worth watching it's so it's so worth watching okay well i'm i'm definitely gonna watch it i'm i'm excited to watch that and we will have um brian on our next episode and they can talk with us maybe more not the next one because maybe I, not the next one but in a future one right i've got this guy jeff on the hook and he was supposed to be on today but i gave him bad info and 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 he planned around bad info but you're gonna love jeff Jeff is I'm excited. So like most of the guests we've had on so far have been in some way like extra use. Yeah. Like very like pop culture, very well versed in pop culture in some way. Jeff is an extra me. Okay, so this excites me. This excites me very much. I want to be the odd one out. Jeff loves hacking he he he's a he's a he's a total hacker and he's bipolar and adhd and he yeah he's he's an extra me it'll be interesting shift the balance if you will okay so yes i feel like we have more to talk oh i gotta mention one thing before we end sure do you know what teleport is the app was that the okay? I the only teleport I remember was no, that wasn't it. I that, that remember that device that was like the the networked hard drive that you could share with. Other oh yeah, people? transport. There we go, transport. Yeah. So no, I don't know what teleport is. Teleport is a KVM app that you run on one computer and you run it on the other computer, and then you can drag your mouse from the first computer to the second computer and okay, your cool. keyboard and mouse switch to controlling that second computer. Oh, awesome. Okay. So it's like, uh, I, I can't think of the it's name like of it. It's like Synergy. It's like Synergy, but there was a Synergy fork that's better. Um, so it was like that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it was, it's, it, re- it open source in the last few years and it has, it's, it's to me the ideal one for Mac. If you want to, if you want to use one keyboard and mouse with two Macs, it's, it's ideal. Um, however, it had this problem where if one of the Macs 
in in the pairing what went to sleep uh-huh the other mac would go to sleep so you'd have moved your mouse and, and your keyboard over to the second Mac. You'd be working as usual. And right. then the Mac, you, asleep, like the like, laptop yep. you had been controlling goes to sleep. Your screen would suddenly go blank and you'd have to log in again. They just, in a recent update, they just fixed this. So nice. now you can turn off sleep Oh, yeah. Sync. Yeah, I, I see this now on the GitHub added sync sleep status. Yeah. Excellent. Which is which is the one thing that was keeping me from from being sold on teleport as my KVM solution. That's awesome. Yeah, the, I was using the Synergy fork. It starts with a B. I'm trying to think of the uh, the name of it because um, Synergy got bought by someone. Uh, Barrier. That's what it's called. Um, Synergy got bought by someone. Seems like that. the kind of thing Oracle would buy. I don't know who bought it. Yeah, I don't know who bought it either. But then they started like kind of sh- like charging in a weird way. Like I don't know. The, um, I now is Teleport Mac only. Um, I don't know. I know it. It yes, probably. More I than like I don't know. Okay, so um, uh, um, Barrier is is cross platform, uh, which can be useful. Um, for sure. so, for, so, so if you needed to use it with Linux and windows and Mac, like you can do it across those different machines, but teleport, um, I'm, I'm going to try this out. This is great. Cause those things are very useful. Like it's, uh, it's a very useful thing to be able to share your mouse and keyboard with one thing, especially if you have multiple machines. Yes. So I'm a big fan of that. Also pasteboard synchronization, which yeah, see barrier does that as well. That to me is like my favorite thing. I, uh, I have a bunch that. When it when bunch loads, it loads up in the bottom left corner of my screen. How hard is it to share a screen with Skype? Um, I don't think it's that hard. I think you just press a, a button on it. Um, it. I don't see the button. I think that there is just a okay. Yeah, share go- screen. Open. Oh my god! I have to open system preferences to do this. I mean, if you haven't given it uh, permission, I guess. Because I think that you just... You know what? I don't love using the Apple Watch for authentication. Really? I, I don't. I, 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 okay, so here's, here's my dirty secret. I, um, I have keyboard, uh, 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 default keyboard, key, keyboard bindings. Uh-huh. That I can hit a fairly obscure keyboard shortcut to insert my system password and i have it all assigned to hotkeys and if something needs my system password it is very easy for me to uh to just hit a keyboard shortcut and well i had i had the same thing where like it opened up the same thing with me where like you have to open up you know like system preferences and something it alert the privacy thing pulling so. up my sleeve and double clicking and i wear my watch backwards because if i wear my watch so that the buttons are on the right side of my watch on my right hand when i do a down dog and yoga it sets off the alarm can you see my screen I, it's, it claims that it's sharing my screen right it, now i can see i can see your desktop and yeah, literally no sharing. windows can you see my screen no, but I'm going to stop sharing my screen. God damn it. Stop, scare- stop sharing your screen. Um, I did. I just stopped. Sorry. Okay. Share screen. Desktop one. All right. Do you see? Yes, I do. In the lower left-hand corner, do you see where it says dread? Um, let me. 
lower left-hand corner. Yes. I have a bunch that runs any machine the bunch launches on. It shows the name of the machine in the lower left-hand corner. So I can do all kinds of screen sharing and never forget which machine I'm on. Oh, that's so cool. Now I have to put a, a, a screenshot of this in my show notes so that people have any idea what we're talking about right now. I was going to say, yeah, now now the audio portion of the podcast is becoming a problem. But yeah, yeah, just do a screenshot of to show us your dread thing. Okay, so that's cool. So dread, that's so funny. So that like way you, when you see that, you're like, yep, this is the screen I'm sharing. Drag to record a part of the screen. How about the whole goddamn thing? Oh, wait. Oh, when I when I go to take a screenshot, it hides all windows. That's not. I'll figure it out. I'll you'll figure, figure it out. out after the fact. Yeah, you'll, you'll if figure I it out. If I don't figure it out, here's what's happening in the lower left hand corner of every screen on every Mac I have. It shows the machine name in Helvetica font, uh, all caps, and it and all my machines are named Dread and Gloom and Despair. That's so funny. So, okay. So, cause I thought the dread was what you were saying. Like, Oh, dread. Cause I'm dreading like, like, no, this is, this, that this, that this, this window just, is being shared. That's the name no, of my, my Mac name. mini is named dread. Oh, I love it. Okay. So I need mine, at least mine right now have been named after a succession characters. I, I, I go every, every, every couple of years I have like a TV theme. Um, and so, uh, mine have been succession characters. Uh, so like, uh, my Mac is Waystar Royco and, um, my, uh, some of my other machines or other things. I have like a Kindle and a, and a, a Shiv and a Roman <laughs> and a Tom. Yeah. I just name ap- mine after bad emotions. I love it. I, I used to, they used to be named uh, Rover, Wanderer and Vagabond. Nice. Because I was a Metallica fan. <laughs> Nomad, Nomad, Wanderer, Rover and Vagabond. Um, but now they are just named after whatever I'm feeling just at emotions. the moment, which is usually things like dread, despair, and gloom. I'm really surprised I haven't done a Taylor Swift theme. Like that, that, <laughs> that surprises me. Like I, I've done about other things I'm obsessed with, but I've never done a Taylor Swift like machine theme. Maybe that'll be the next like group of things I get. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm into the... Uh... Like where does the break happen? When do you start a new naming scheme? Usually, I guess, like if if I get because my I tend to kind of go on cycles. So like I I got two of my laptops around the same time, and then I just kind of use that as kind of an excuse. So I guess like if I have like two machines are changing at once. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. When I whereas I'm just bringing another one into it, and I feel like it's going to be there for a while, and it adopts the existing naming scheme. There usually comes a a point in my like SSD external drives. Yes. Where I'm formatting two or more of them. Yes, same. And same. I'll I'll just immediately start a new naming scheme. No, and that's the thing with me too. And that's also um I do it with drive letters even more than machine names. Like drive letters become and like partitions become like the more consistent yeah, thing. For sure. For sure. All right. All right. This is good. This has been fun. This has been so much fun. We should um, do and we this have- more often. <laughs> We should. We should. We will have Jeff on um, in our next episode, and we will get Brian back for another one, too. But we I, I can't wait to have uh, two Bretts. This, this is exciting for me. It's exciting for me, too. I, like, he and I meet. Uh, we have Zoom calls maybe once every couple of weeks. 
And awesome. we can just spend an hour telling stories and tales. And he's super into The Walking Dead right now. He just watched like all of The Walking Dead. Oh, wow. And oh, now wow. is getting into like Fear the Walking Dead. I was going to say, is he watching Fear of the Walking Dead? Uh, and there's I, I... some other new one. Huh. That's like like the teen version. I, I can't remember what it's Which called. Which is funny because the original Fear of the Walking Dead had like the younger people. Right. And now they're all like old because right. it's gone for so long. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's moving on and getting into like seasons that I've never seen. And uh, yeah, <laughs> he's fascinating. I think you'll love him. I love, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Well, hey, Christina, I know you're well rested, but still get some sleep. Thank you, Brett. Get some sleep. The system is going down low.